turn in your Bibles and please stand to Ephesians chapter 5 verses 7 through 14 as I am going to continue to talk a little bit about the demonic and satanic blob of Beelzebub wokeism and don't forget I'm going to show you where the Bible predicted wokeism over 2,000 years ago Ephesians chapter 5 verse 7 be not ye therefore partakers with them for ye were sometimes darkness but now are ye light in the world your light now are ye light in the Lord walk as children of light by the way there's a separation between light and darkness they really do not dwell together we have gotten away in the church down through the years from the biblical principle of separation that Bible Bible believing Christians born again ones should not be walking in darkness with people who are lost and on their way to hell. We have let down our God and have allowed the terrorists in and the devilish people in and the world in uh, to the church trying to fit in with the world trying to be cool like the world. The Bible calls for light to lead, not to join in with the darkness, but to be light in the darkness. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Are you living your life that way? Is your spirit that way? If it is not, my dear friends, you need to examine yourself and see whether or not you be in the faith. Seriously. See. Uh, Dr. Ed Young Jr. said that he is a Christian uh, first, because Christianity is logical. It makes sense. Uh, the Christian life is not difficult. It has been my experience down through the years. People who live, who are saved and live uh, a biblical lifestyle, a Christian lifestyle, they live a simple, straightforward lifestyle without confusion. And what they do um, 
born-again ones. It is, without, it, it is done with simplicity, and it is done without confusion, because God is not the author of confusion. I'm going to say something uh, tonight, things that are authored by worldlings who are uh, lost. They, they make things, they, they claim to uh, make them simple. And, um, but there's some things, people who claim to make things simple, they're not simple. They're, they're, they're convoluted. They're confused. And, uh, uh, and I can name some examples. If, there, if you meet with confusion, uh, the devil is in the midst because God is not the author of confusion. The gospel is extremely simple. And I do wonder why Google is simple and Facebook is difficult. It is so much, so many layers, so many pull-outs and pull-ins. It's just, it's, it, you would think Facebook, Facebook would be very, very simple. But it is not as simple as Google for some reason. I just wanted to pass that on to you. And, uh, uh, pardon me for a minute. The other day we made the mistake of, we have actually three recordings going on at the same time. We have the Spreaker live podcast going on. Uh, the video, the live feed is on multiple, uh, multiple uh, platforms at the same time. And uh, then we have uh, the podcast uh, recording happening at the same time. And uh, we are able to see all of that happening all at one time. And uh, sometimes we don't pull up everything so that we can see it. The other day we did that and uh, we missed the first recording for the pod- first part of the recording for the podcast. And so Daniel, Ezekiel, you, you, you would have to get that podcast from Spreaker, which is a good quality situation as well. Anyway, verse 10, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Have you, have you learned that? Yes, uh, yet uh, woke people. If you are a child of the light, you are miserable in wokeism darkness, accepting things that 10 years ago you would not have accepted, mind-bending, mind-twisting, satanic, demonic garbage from hell. 10 years ago, 11 years ago, 
nine years ago, you would have never accepted drag queens in your beautiful, pristine community, library, and school reading to your children. But now we have ignorant parents thinking that they are not with it. They are not woke. They are afraid of being counseled and ostracized and hated by others if they don't take their precious little angelic children to the monsters, the drag race, drag queen monsters to sit them in their lap while they read a demonically written book to them about homosexuality and how it's okay for two boys to be together and two girls to be together. I say to hell with that and the devil is a lie. And I say that to anybody in my family who thinks that foolishness uh, and anybody in any church who thinks that foolishness. You have lost your righteous mind if you ever had one. As someone said before, stand up for something or you'll fall for anything. But rather, reprove them, rebuke them if you are a child of God. God is not surprised by wokeism. There have been different periods of wokeism. Wokeism is rooted in uh, demonic philosophies. Verse 12, for it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. Oh, it's going to come out in the wash of the light. All of the evil that you are doing, all of the evil that you are for now. I have family members former friends, people, preachers. They don't want to communicate with, with me anymore. You know why? Because I'm not woke. They hate me now. And I have family members and so-called former friends and pastors who are trying to counsel me that's almost like killing me. They're trying their best to cancel me online and uh, in the community with all kinds of demonic, demonic authoritarian acts. And I say to you pastors and you parents and you police officers, you understand that your authority comes from God and you walk in it. But here's the thing. You may lose uh, the, uh, for example, in the church as a pastor, you may lose some church members. Parents, you may lose your children. But you'll have Jesus if you stand in your biblical authority and you let them know that.
because that's the only language they understand. Police officers, you may lose the affection of the community, but you stand in your authority because the devil and the demons of hell are in woke people and are using woke people to tear down the foundations of the world and especially Christianity. And so some are going to go woke and they're going to leave you behind because they want to fit in. People, it's a, it's a, it's a shame and, and it's sad how some people are not satisfied with Jesus. They're not content with Jesus. They're not content with the Bible and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Word of God. They're not content with prayer. And one of the reasons why they're not content is because they don't pray. They don't read the Bible. They, want, they would rather be accepted by people who are homosexuals, lesbians, liars and cheats and dark, evil people who disrespect God, disrespect Jesus, disrespect the Word of God, disrespect the police officers, disrespect the pastor, disrespect their parents. And what God is saying to you, even if it's family members, like I have preached in a series, no, family is not everything. Years before that, my son, oldest son, Daniel White IV, helped me put together a sermon that not only helped a lot of people, uh, it solidified and prepared me for what I'm dealing with today. I have never forgotten that series. I've never forgotten that series. God gave me that series to preach. Sometimes, uh, people, you must understand, if the man of God is a true preacher of God, he preaches to himself too. God is speaking to him as well. And there's nothing like preaching that can solidify what the Word of God is saying. That's years ago. That, that's pro it's going on 10 years ago when I preached that series, if not uh, later than that. But it stuck with me. And, it, and God, used, God has used that series I preached on regarding how that your greatest enemies will be they of your own household. I didn't know at the time why I was preaching it like that. I didn't know. I know my son Daniel Ezekiel. Uh, gave uh, helped me with another sermon that I preached uh, on uh, it was on a similar passage because we're, we're, I'm preaching through the Gospels in the Just Jesus evangelistic campaign, and you're going to come across everything Jesus said. I, I I did John in one year, and I'm still in Matthew. And we've preached many other things besides that. That's why we're going slowly through Matthew. But by the grace of God, I'll be preaching it again on Sunday. If the Lord tarries is coming, and I live and we live. And uh, another dynamic message, right on time. I mean, and, and see, this is the thing that has always impressed me about God. 
and expository preaching, just preaching his word, focusing, focusing on what he wants you to preach from his word, line upon line, here a little, there a little, straight through, straight through the Bible. Dr. John McNeil taught me this. Dr. John McNeil Jr. I, I did, it didn't matter, and I was not a member of his church, but I would just pop in when I was free from preaching on the road. And, uh, and he would be preaching through the book of Isaiah. Line upon line, here a little, there a little, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And it didn't matter. If I missed uh, the first six uh, sermons in the series or whatever, buddy, I mean the power of God through his word and the power of the Holy Spirit will find you and will meet your needs just through the preaching straight through the word of God. He taught me the power of that. God used him to teach me the power of that. You don't have to try to find a subject preacher on Saturday night. You find a book. Oh yes, and you preach through it. You And God will find the people. And your people will become more stabilized. Instead of you trying to find a hot topic every Sunday like you are a motivational speaker or something. You're not a motivational speaker. You're a preacher of the gospel, a preacher of the word. I dare you to preach through the gospels. I dare you to preach through the uh, prophets. Just preach through it, man. It will help you, pastor, preacher. It will make you more stable, more grounded, more rooted. Glory be to God. For whatsoever doeth make manifest is light. See, that's logical. See, the light shining into the darkness is going to bring out the dirt. See. This is why I tell you overweight people who got your little skinny mirror, your psychology mirror that makes you look real good and you don't look good. I dare you to go to my favorite hotel. What is the name of it? Go to the jury inn. And the lights are going to shine on you in a big clear mirror and you're going to see how fat you really are. The light makes manifest. Okay? And the real mirror that does not know the mirror that does not know you, because some of you look in your mirror and say, Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the finest of them all? And the jury in mirror is gonna say, Not you. Because it's gonna be lit up, they're gonna have all the bulbs in and everything all around. And you're gonna see your warts. And your fat and everything else. Oh yes. Wherefore he saith awake. Don't get mad at me because you're fat. I mean, that's, I mean it's most of us in the church are fat. And, and, and we're guilty of sin. We're, we're guilty of the sin of gluttony. So don't, don't, nobody's picking on you as a reality. 
Because maybe I know that about Jurian because I've seen myself in the mirror. How about that? Would that help you? Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead. That means wake, wake up and, and, and don't, don't be woke, but be awake. And Christ shall give thee light. Now, tonight I'm just going to be brief and with this and share with this, share with you some things that I noticed from Dr. Ed Young, Jr., one of the few pastors who had the guts and who had the courage to do this. Dr. Ed Young, and I'm just going to share a few things with you. Dr. Ed Young Jr. said, Acceptance does not mean approval and applause of your behavior. See, you, you're fighting for acceptance in the church and you're living a satanic, disobedient lifestyle. We, we accept you in as a visitor. But that does not mean that God approves of what you're doing. Jesus Christ does not approve of it. The Bible that we preach does not approve of it. And uh, we personally, because we believe the Bible, don't approve of it. Don't get mad at us that we're not applauding you in your so-called uh, sexual orientation. Or your woke critical race theory foolishness. Sadly, very few churches, pastors, and worship leaders are talking about the demonic spirit of wokeism. Uh, he said, we all have a worldview. You need to solidify your worldview because it is being hit hard by something called wokeism every day. Now, if you went to Bible college, if you went to Criswell College, if you went to uh, Dallas uh, Baptist, if you went to uh, Liberty University, if you went to Grand Canyon, you learn about the Christian worldview in the first year. You probably read the book, The Universe next door and it, it taught you about worldview now as a born-again Christian if you read the Bible I, I am so thankful to God I did not go to Bible college until I had preached around the world and and read the Bible my first real pastor Emphasize, just pray and read the Bible. That's the best thing you can do. You don't need any commentaries, anything else. That's what he that's what he taught, that's what he told us. And in fact he didn't want us to go to Bible, all of his preacher boys. As, as, that's what they called them back in those days. He didn't want any of us to go to Bible college. Just pray and read your Bible and preach. And that had a great influence upon me. But I I I saw something that if you don't, the preachers who went to Bible college or, and or seminary, they had so much more to draw from 
And I loved the fact that they had fresh illustrations and historical facts and background information. That, that really was something to me when I heard these preachers. And, uh, and it'll keep you from running down rabbit trails and, you know, uh, doing the same thing over and over again if you have the knowledge base we, that you can draw from. And so after a while, by and by, God led me to go to Bible college and to uh, the university uh, and to get three master's degrees in a doctoral program now and so forth. And I thank God for that. Because when you sharpen the axe, as they have said down through the years, you can cut more wood much faster and much better and get more done much quicker. So I, I, I mean, I, I do not believe a preacher ought to go to Bible college until he's been saved at least in, in preaching and serving the Lord under a pastor. Uh, four, five, six years, ten years will be fine. Then you go get that, and now you mix it together, and then you you you're ready to scribe. You're ready to go. That's what I believe. I don't think you ought to go to a Bible college or seminary or whatever, right out of high school, right out of college or whatever. I think you ought to you ought to preach and serve the Lord under your pastor. And uh, then after a while, by and by, you can go ahead and get all of that. And then you'll have uh, some experience as well. And you'll know what to accept and what to, to reject. So you need to solidify your worldview because it is being hit hard by something called wokeism. Dr. Ed Young said, Wokeism is anti-gospel. When you run across some woke people, they hate God, they hate the gospel, they hate you because you preach the gospel. That's a fact. I've had that experience with my own extended family members. The thing that they hate the most about me is that I preach the gospel and I preach the word of God every day. This has come out of their mouths, and it's a demon spirit for you to be, to be that way. That's the main thing you want to bother me about. Now, if I was out in the street running women and uh, uh, partying and everything else, oh, you love me. You love being with me and want to go out to the parties with me and everything else. You woke devils. I'll be fine with you then. But see, here you got a relative who has preached the gospel nearly every day for nearly seven years and preached the word of God. You hate him. And you want to tear up his family. Family members, extended family members, woke family members. You're full of hell and the devil. And it makes no difference who you are. And you need to leave my family alone because I, I, I raised my family to serve God. To love God and to obey God.
And uh, if you don't want to do that, leave them alone. That goes for my mother, my uh, mother-in-law, my aunts, my sister, my wife's aunts and siblings, my siblings, religious people who are religious but lost and woke. You're the most dangerous kind. And because my children never had a mother, even though their mother was in the house, a loving, caring mother, uh, you're, ta you're taking advantage of that because they want to be loved from a motherly standpoint. And they'll do almost anything to receive love from you, mother-in-law, aunts, mother, sisters, sisters-in-law, and so forth and so on. And you ought not to do that. You ought to love them so much that you will keep the, help keep them on the straight and narrow and not join you in your woke demonic foolishness and darkness. Wokeism is anti-gospel. Wokeism is anti-God. It is against God. Don't let people fool you. It is against the word of God. It is contrary to the things of God at every turn. There are some kernels of truth enough to deceive you. They act like they're so concerned about people who uh, they consider victims. They're so concerned about homosexuals. They're so concerned about people who uh, have the demon of homosexuality and lesbianism. They see them as victims. They try to make all black people victims. I've never been a victim a day of my in a day a day of my life. I don't look at myself as a victim. And so they like they love to you know act like they are crusaders for people who have been victimized or abused. And that sounds great. That sounds good. Uh, even going back, this is where the uh, Me Too movement came in at too. Even going back years, and now I mean in the news today, Warren Beatty, who's got to be almost ninety years old. A uh, woman who he said she said he raped her when she was 14 years old, and uh, I, I mean, like 40 years ago or some 50 years ago, whatever. If he did that, he needs to make amends and 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 and, and so forth and so on. But it's interesting how that can come up 40, 45 years later. There are, these people love to go back and dig up stuff to take down people who they do not consider to be woke because they stand with God and God's word. There are some kernels of truth, and therefore anti-racism, I am too.
They are for defending homosexuals and transgender and young people. They want young people to go under the knife and cut the young women to cut their breasts off before they can even learn how to ride a bicycle. And certainly way before they can drive a car. They only have enough sense to, uh, to make basic decisions. And these people are for these people who lie, I mean, who say, some of them lie and say because they want to be ex- accepted by this demonic group, having boys cut their penises off and all of this kind of foolishness. And so many, uh, the, the wave of so many young people coming back around after a few years and wish they had not done that. All of that is demon activity. For people who are confused, they see them as victims. They're victims of Christians. They're victims of pastors who won't accept them. And so if you don't accept them like as members of a church, then guess what? You're going to be canceled. We're going to counsel you and we're going to create a, a ruckus in your church. And we want to make sure that uh, 50% of your church leave because you're not loving of the victims. You hate homosexuals. You don't hate them, but they're going to tell everybody you hate them. And most pastors, as Dr. Ed Young Jr. has stated very clearly, don't want to deal with that. They don't want to be canceled. They don't want their church members to leave. That's why they don't deal with it. And I'm here to tell you that if Dr. Ed Young Jr. was moved by God, and God downloaded this, since you see, I've tried to explain this to you, but you won't understand unless you're a preacher. God downloads whole messages and series into a preacher's heart. All at once. God is the one who helps them to see the blob of Beelzebub. The whole thing. See, God, God that's called revelation. So once God does that, then yes, there's some work involved. And your research has got to help you with it. And so forth and so on. But And it takes some time to get it down so people can grasp it. Because he's got to break it down for them. But he's already got it all up in his heart, mind, soul, and spirit because God put it there. And if God would lead Dr. Ed Young Jr. to do this, probably the most fun-loving pastor in America today, you know, more so than the rest of us then this is a very serious problem. And for him to preach that in his uh, community, which is probably the most woke area in Texas, except for Houston, that whole area where he's, uh, he's pastoring is a woke area. And we thank God that, you know, probably half of the folks are not woke. But God allowed Dr. Ed Young to go through some things, and he sees the danger. Sometimes we have to go through something before we can help somebody else not go through something.
Wokeism is anti-gospel. Wokeism is anti-God. It is contrary to the things of God at every turn. There are some kernels of truth in wokeism just enough to deceive you. Wokeism is a satanic, seductive, covert, and overt ideology, and may I add, from hell. And and that's about the size of it tonight, as far as I'm going to go. Since I am coming in late tonight, you say, Preacher, where were you? I was asleep. After preaching the 500th um, Wednesday night prayer meeting with the series Praying Through the Bible. Preaching hard and also preaching the devotional service, preaching the gospel, which I know you think you people think is easy, but it's not. It takes a lot out of you. The the strongest man I know. He's from the Mandingo tribe. You know, you you need to understand those football players that you see out there. Uh, they come from a certain tribe in Africa. I know some of you may not like that, but they, they it's, it goes way back. And I know some bad things have happened. But you, you to, to do what they do, they, they, that goes way back in their ancestry. They were born that way. They were born like a stone house. Their bones don't break easy. I have a pastor friend that way. He comes from a certain tribe in Africa. He's strong as an ox. And uh, and uh, he's about 30 years older than me. And he beat me running one day. I'm, I'm ashamed to admit it. I said I'm ashamed to admit it. But he told me something that shocked me. Because I... And I thought it was just uh, me and a few other pastors and preachers. He said, Preacher, if I preach on Sunday, I have to take off Monday because I'm, I'm beat. I said, You beat? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got, to, I got to take off on Monday. And when I was pastoring, I had to do the same thing. On Mondays was my favorite day to rest and take it easy, eat something special, and go to one of my favorite little places, Dollar General. You say you're a Dollar General man? Yes, I am. I'm 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 on the cheap side like my dad. My dad was that way. My dad was not interested in material things. To the chagrin of my mother, who had high taste. My dad would go into a store and get a no-name soda, no-name cookies, uh, some no-name ravioli or something, and buddy, we were in business. 
that's a fact. Are you woke or are you awake? If you are on the woke side today, you are probably lost and on your way to a devil's hell, or at least confused. And if you want to be found, if you want to be saved by God's amazing grace, and you want to walk in the light, believe on the light of the world, his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said the most important words in the history of the world when he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So all you have to do to get saved out of the darkness. Understand there are people, and you may be one, you love darkness more than you love light. That's what Jesus Christ said. You love being around people of darkness, people who love sin and evil, fornication and adultery, lying and stealing, and making up lies on people to counsel them, to try to embarrass them, to hurt them. They love darkness, these people, rather than light and truth and honesty and love. If you want to walk in the light, you can. You don't have to follow those devils anymore. Oh yes, they may counsel you. If you don't run with them anymore, they may ostracize you. They may even take back the money they gave you to convince you to go with them. The 30 pieces of silver. And they pay well. But on the inside of your soul, you're miserable. You know you're doing wrong. You know that you're doing evil. You know that you are trying to hurt people that you should not be trying to hurt. You're in pain over it. You don't have peace about it. You don't have joy anymore. <clears throat> Come to the light for the first time. Or repent as a Christian and come back to the light. Don't let people take advantage of you because you have never been loved by your mother. Or whatever the case might be. Or because you didn't have a mother. Or because you didn't have a father. Or because uh, someone mistreated you. Go to Jesus. Come to Jesus. As you are, he will never mistreat you. He will never do you wrong. And he will be the best friend you ever had. 
and he will help you to walk in the light and he'll see you through without the help of the people of the dark. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shalt be saved. Understand that you are a sinner walking in darkness. For the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Can you hear me well? The Bible says we are all sinners, lost and on our way to a devil's hell. For the Bible says the wages of sin is death. This means physical death and eternal death in hell. Jesus Christ, who said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life, is the same Jesus Christ who preached more on hell than any of the prophets, more on the burning hell than any of the apostles, more on hell than he did about heaven. He was a hellfire and brimstone preacher, not because he hates you, but because he loves you, and he is the holy God. And you cannot get into his heaven and be with him if your sins are not taken care of, and he took care of your sins. <clears throat> Pardon me. He suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins. Was buried and rose from the dead by the power of Almighty God. And all you have to do is believe in him and believe his gospel. That is what he did for you. Call on his name for the Bible says for whosoever. That word whosoever means anybody at any time. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Believing in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins as the Lamb of God who has taken away the sin of the world. Uh, he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins. He paid your sin debt, was buried because he truly died and then rose from the dead three days later for you and for me and for the entire world, red, yellow, black, and white. We're all precious in God's sight, and don't you ever forget that. You say, preach, I feel so guilty and I feel so unworthy. That's how you ought to feel because you are guilty and you are unworthy and I'm unworthy and I'm guilty too and so is the Pope, so is the Dalai Lama and so is even Joel Osteen. You're a great, you're a great candidate to be saved because you feel that way. So just humble yourself and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, trust in him, accept his salvation, and uh, walk by faith and not by sight. Follow me in the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a wicked and evil and depraved sinner. 
And I realize that I've done much evil in your sight by breaking your Ten Commandments. For the truth is, I have lied before. I have stolen things before. I have lusted after people and things before. I've coveted after people and things before. I have dishonored my parents and I have disrespected my parents. <coughs> and I've disobeyed my parents. And I have dishonored you by taking your holy name in vain. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. And please forgive me of all of my sins, my failures and my faults. Wash and cleanse my heart, mind, soul, spirit and conscience in the precious blood of Christ. As I now believe your holy gospel, Lord Jesus Christ. I believe with all of my heart, Lord Jesus Christ, that you suffered you bled and you died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose from the dead by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul from the dark, fiery hell <coughs> that I deserve. And uh, give me a home in heaven. Lord Jesus Christ, please fill me with your Holy Spirit. And uh, help me to truly repent of my sins. And to turn from my wicked ways. And to repent and to turn from my evil lifestyle and to follow you in the newness of life. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and forsake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ according to the Holy Bible, John 3.16 and you prayed that prayer with me and meant it from your heart I declare to you based upon the word of God the Holy Bible you are now saved from hell and you are on your way to heaven by the grace of God not by any works that you have done but by the work of Jesus Christ to help you to grow in the faith please go to gospel light there's that word light again. Gospel Light Society dot com and read my book titled Free of Charge. Free of Charge. You don't have to pay a dime. Download it free of charge. You can be reading in three or four minutes or less. The name of the book is What to Do After You Have Entered Through the Door. Jesus Christ said, I am the door. And so you have entered in 
And this book will give you the next steps that you need to take as a Christian to help you to grow in the faith and be the Christian that God wants you to be. And also, you may email us with any questions, any prayer requests, and also let us know that you got saved on whatever platform you're on, or you can email me directly at dw 3 at gospellightsociety.com. Also, go to Gospel Light Society Podcasts or Daniel White, the third podcast. <clears throat> and some of them, some of the podcasts are on our Gospel Light Society University site. And uh, you can go there and listen to podcasts. We have thousands. All of them are on the Bible, theology, church history, and uh, you can grow strong by listening to those podcasts in the faith. So, dear friends, at this time, by the grace of God, we're going to resume our service and really commence our second service, if you will, uh, the standing between the living and the dead service. So, with that, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, family members. We're in the prayer, devotional, memorial, family, evangelistic service. This is Daniel White the Third, President of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible, episode number 674, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. <clears throat> this unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures, allows us to read the whole Bible as a single story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today we are reading Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 10 through 18. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much for uh, the first part of this service, or the first service. And I praise you and I thank you for another opportunity and privilege to preach your Holy Gospel so that others can hear it and get saved. I pray now that you grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, and your anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to read your Holy Word, to pray, to uh, teach your Holy Word, and to preach your Holy Word, and to pray, Lord, for others in intercessory prayer. Hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy. Your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And for all of the millions and the many and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. And Holy Father God, I thank you for your Holy Word that you used to turn me on to prayer some 43 years ago. Ask and ye shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. And you've done that for 43 years straight. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor for hearing and answering my prayers, even though I do not deserve that. I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us down through the years. I praise you, Lord, and I thank you for allowing me the privilege of preaching uh, on prayer and uh, your Holy Gospel 500 Wednesdays in a row and uh, right at 10 years by your grace uh, in one series and all of the other years before that preaching on prayer nearly every week as well. And Holy Father God, for Jesus Christ's sake, for those of us who are born-again Christians and who are saved, it is unfortunate and sad that we have to confess our sins, our failures, and our faults, even as Christian people. But Lord, thank you for that grace, and thank you for your mercy. For Jesus Christ's sake, each and every one of us who are saved and named the name of Christ, and we don't mind confessing our sins because we know you know all about it. For Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our sins as we from our hearts, by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh and the old man within us. And fill us, Lord, afresh and anew with the fullness and the power. the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord of your Holy Spirit. And deliver us who are saved from temptation, evil, and sin, even tonight. And Lord, uh, throughout the night and throughout our lives, grant us your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing. In your sight, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And Holy Father God, I pray uh, tonight that you will help all of us who are saved to humble ourselves and to pray and to seek your face and to turn from our wicked ways and to get back to you our first love. And Holy Father God, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. uh, I pray for the salvation of those who are lost. Lord, even in my own family, including my wife, who I believe is religious but lost, as I've prayed for her for 34 years. 
when I started to see uh, signs of her not truly being born again. And now you have given me the liberty to pray about it publicly and so that others who are religious but lost in uh, my family, my wife's family, and in this audience and in, the, in this country and around the globe, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that by the power of your Holy Ghost that you will never give them rest until they repent, they humble themselves and believe in you and pray and get saved. And we pray, Lord, for the salvation of the lost in this country, around the globe. We pray for the revival of the saved in this country and around the globe. We pray for the healing of those who are sick, if they do it your way. And Lord, we pray for the comfort in the, of the grieving in the morning in this country and around the globe for various and sundry reasons, especially regarding the coronavirus plague and other plagues that have come out of that in this continual ongoing plague because of the sins of the church and where we have failed you. And Holy Father God, I pray uh, tonight, Lord, I thank you that you have given me cheer, pleasure, joy, and peace, even in the midst of uh, distresses and afflictions and tribulations and troubles and trials and temptations and persecutions and tensions throughout my life. I do pray at the same time, uh, according to your will, let it be done. Lift all of our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears. Rebuke and stop all of my enemies in the family and outside of the family. And I do pray that you will deliver me from and everybody in my family who is saved from uh, uh, tribulations, distresses, afflictions, uh, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, persecutions. And deliver us also from all spiritual and mental, physical and emotional family. Financial, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems, and uh, other issues. At the same time, Holy Father God, I thank you for remembering mercy and grace and allowing things to be as well as they are in the midst of rebuke and chastisement of the church and uh, pressure on the world so that they would go to you and get saved through Jesus Christ. And Holy Father God, tonight I do praise you and I thank you for protecting uh, my family and me for all of these years. And uh, I pray, Lord, tonight, not only my family and me, but all of the people in this audience and their families, we pray for your protection upon them and your believing Christians in this country and around the globe. Protect us all, Lord, from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, demonic wokeism in the family, in the church, and in the world, and in the school. Protect us, holy fire, even so-called Christian schools, 
for it is a demonic spirit seeping into every crevice that is open and available. And Lord, uh, protect us from ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, protect us from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. Place upon us the whole arm of God. Surround us with your protection, a band of your holy angels, and a wall of your holy fire. Uh, and cover us and cleanse us through the precious blood of Christ, each and every one of us. In Jesus Christ, the holy name I pray and for his sake. Amen. And Holy Father, God, help us to give you all of the glory, praise, and honor in your Holy Son. The glory, praise, and honor in Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verses 10 through 18. Our camera is, our main camera is still not working properly. But you know what? I thank God for all of the years it has worked properly. Live streaming and video. It's an old camera, but it's been doing the job. And that's how we all as Christians ought to look at things in life. When things, bad things happen, thank God they haven't happened for hundreds of days and you adjust and you move on and use what you have and be content with that until you get a new camera or you get a new thing to make it work and we don't mind doing it this way the picture is not as great using the little camera we have but my wife tells me the sound is great. The sound is even better than it was with the camera. So it's okay. Be content with such things as you have and do the best that you can for the glory of God. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time, as the fishes that are taken in an evil net, and as the birds that are caught in the snare. So are the sons of men snared in an evil time, when it falleth suddenly upon them. This wisdom have I seen also under the sun, and it seemed great unto me. There was a little city and few men within it, and there came a great king against it and besieged it and built great bulwarks against it. 
Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then said I, Wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. The words of wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much for your holy word. Have it to find a lodging place in all of our hearts. Help us to understand it, to comprehend it, to meditate on it. Live by it and share it with others in a discipleship fashion, uh, formally or informally. Preach your holy gospel, preach your holy word from it. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, memorial, uh, family, evangelistic, family members, my beloved. Uh, this is Daniel White the Third, President of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House Family Devotional Reading of Charles Spurgeon's classic book, Morning and Evening. This is the podcast, and this is episode number 610. And Daniqua, thank you so much for providing this devotional. I have not seen it in a while, so it's so good uh, to see it again. Hosea chapter 13, verse 5, reads, I did know thee in the wilderness, in the land of great drought. Yes, Lord, thou didst indeed know me in my fallen state, and thou didst even then choose me for thyself. When I was loathsome and self-abhorred, thou didst receive me as thy child, and thou didst satisfy my craving wants. Blessed forever be thy name for this free, rich, abounding mercy. Since then, my inward experience has often been a wilderness, but thou hast owned me still as thy beloved and poured streams of love and grace into me to gladden me. 
and make me fruitful. Yea, when my outward circumstances have been at the worst, and I have wandered in a land of drought, thy sweet presence has solaced me. Men have not known me when scorn has awaited me, but thou hast known my soul in adversities, for no affliction dims the luster of thy love. Most gracious Lord, I magnify thee for all thy faithfulness to me in trying circumstances, and I deplore that I should at any time have forgotten thee and been exalted in heart when I have owed all thy gentleness and love. Have mercy upon thy servant in this thing. My soul, if Jesus thus acknowledged thee in thy low estate, be sure that thou own both himself and his cause, now that thou art in thy prosperity. Be not lifted up by thy worldly successes, so as to be ashamed of the truth or of the poor church with which thou hast been associated. Follow Jesus into the wilderness. Here rather bear the cross with him when the heat of persecution grows hot. He owned thee, O my soul, in thy poverty and shame. Never be so treacherous as to be ashamed of him. Oh, for more shame at the thought of being ashamed of my best beloved, Jesus, my soul cleaveth to thee. I'll turn to thee in days of light, as well as nights of care, thou brightest amid all that's bright, thou fairest of the fair. Somebody ought to say amen right there, right there in your bed, right there in your easy chair with your cup of green tea. You ought to say amen. God will be there for you. Your Savior and your friend, Jesus Christ, will be there for you when even uh, your family members will not be there. And then God will also, humanly speaking, send somebody by who does not even know you to be better to you than your family members and your friends. So, let's pray. Holy Father God in heaven, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise you and I thank you for this moving devotional and oh how fitting it is at this time. I thank you Lord for seeing this devotional again as I have not seen it in a while. And I pray that you will help us all to take heed to it and go to sleep on it. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now we turn, my beloved, for three days in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33, where God uniquely speaks in this passage. This is a unique verse because God speaks to the husband and the wife. God does not play and God does not play favorites. Your job is to trust in God and stop complaining and whining and crying and boo-hooing. And, and you trust in God and obey God. 
and you do your part in the marriage. I feel so sorry for some pastors who have to have skits and everything else and have to even deal with uh, divorce and remarried families, blended families, and they got to do all kinds of sermon series on trying to make that work. And um, I, I feel sorry for some pastors uh, that, that in some ways they've allowed that to happen. Why? Because pastors and priests are more for the people and not for God. It is the prophet and the evangelist that's more for God and not the people. That's why you need a prophet. You need an evangelist to look at things objectively and try to tell, and, and, you know, and they will tell you how to prevent the mess in the first place and how to get out of the mess. You need that. Uh, you know, this constant getting into messes and, and then got to try to get you out and create uh, false ministries to get you out of it is, is stupid. It's really stupid, and it's too stressful on everybody, and it doesn't work. Anyway, nevertheless, husbands, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even, even as himself. I've already explained to you, your love does not have to always be nice and sweet and sugary. I know you think your woman, your wife, wants that all of the time. And if you have a wife who is sweet and sugary and loving and submissive and obedient, then you be sweet and sugary and loving and all of that. But if you don't have a wife who's like that and sometimes she acts like a witch on her broom, you better love her in another way. Dr. Dobson called it, love must be tough. Okay? And love must be tough. That comes from God. That's why we, the church, does God love the church? Why are things so hard for the church right now? Because he loves us. <clears throat> why are you going through so much right now? Because he loves you. Why is God chastising you right now? Because he loves you. He wants you to be better. He wants you to be more loving and respectful to him. And he will stir up your nest uh, and uh, stir up your family and stir up your life. He will allow pain and sickness. You don't do right by him. Chastisement is coming. Uh, uh, the wheels of God grind slow, but they grind slow. As this book, Ecclesiastes, has told us, just because a judgment is not brought forth quickly does not mean it's not coming. Baby, it's coming. On husbands and wives, some of you are going through hell right now with your child or your children. And you don't, you don't know what to do. And, and it's very, very painful for you because you were not a good parent in the first place. And, and you have no connection with them whatsoever. And, and you're being chastised by that because you didn't do right. 
by them. You didn't do right as a mother. You didn't do right as a father. You didn't do right as a parent. And you are, you are experiencing what God says in the scriptures. You're reaping what you have sown. God is chastising you. Rebuking you. And if you don't confess your sins and repent and get right, it's going to last a long time. If you don't humble yourself down, it's going to last a long time. Some of you young people are being whipped by God, chastised by God, rebuked by God. Seems like nothing goes right for you because you have, you're being chastised by God. Pardon me. You're being rebuked by Jesus. Husbands and wives, you're having trouble in your marriage. <clears throat> you used to love each other a little bit, now you hate each other. You despise each other. You can't stand each other. Trouble in your marriage. God will trouble you. If you are not doing right by him. He does not play. And God does not like to be. Let me tell you some things that God does not like. He does not like being marginalized. He does not like people being ungrateful. For what he's already done. And always looking for something new. The devil is behind that. I can tell you that right now. And some of you people are that way. And some of you wives and mothers are that way. What have you done for me lately? You're so selfish. You don't appreciate what God has done for you. You always want more every day. You, don't, you can't even enjoy what you already have. You're trying to fill a void in your being by buying some new shoes and a new purse. Running your family into the poorhouse. And your poor husband has been taught by the pastor, let her buy what she wants. Happy wife, happy life. A devil, the devil is a lie. No, no. Uh, you're supposed to be Christians. She better be happy because of Jesus, not because of shoes. And because as soon as you buy the shoes or the boots, which are made for walking, uh, you're not going to be happy with them. They don't make you happy. And some of you husbands ought to put a stop. That's love too. Put a stop to the spending. You better start it right now. By the way, you better go ahead and buy your turkey now because there's not going to be any. There's not that many and they cost too much. Put it in the freezer. Now, I want everybody to know, including Judas's, there's no such thing as unlimited money. 30 pieces of silver is not going to last long. Husbands, love your wives, but don't, 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 don't pull this foolishness that even the promise keeper's leader with a very serious face rebuked. Uh, loving your wife does not mean you have to be nice about things when there's nothing to be nice about. Uh, loving your wife does not mean you don't rebuke her and sometimes tell her to shut up with the devilish mouth. 
Shut it up. Ah, don't say a word. I told you what I want you. How many of you have had to tell your wife this? If you had any sense, you, you have done it in the past. Uh-uh-uh. I told you what I want done. I don't want to hear anything else. Can some of your husbands say amen? I know some of you are sitting beside your wife right now in the bed. Still eating your little popcorn. I won't say a word. You won't even give me a good hearty amen. And you know you've had to do it. Or you wanted to do it. But you're afraid to. I, I, mm, look, look at me real good. I told you what I want you to do. That's it. Hey, <laughs> yes, oh I, got, oh, I got some pastors who are mad as the devil at me. And they're ruining their, their husband's ministry, they're ruining the church, trying to push themselves forward, trying to cut off John the Baptist's head, trying to get them to join in, he's not going to do it. He, he is not going to put forth his hand to the man of God. He's not going to join her. He's not going to join Jezebel. Nope. Leave me out of it. Uh-uh. This man ain't bothering anybody. He's just telling the truth. And you don't like it. And you want him stopped. And you're willing to even try to, to use his children who were never loved by their mother to uh, get them to do it against him. I'm not going to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 you may not have done it, but you wanted to. And sometimes your wife needs to be told to shut up and let you think and say what you want to say and do what God has told you to do for her, for the family, for the children. And you know, husband, father, you know that if you had stepped in years ago when the children were home with you, and cut her foolishness out. Uh, the children wouldn't be astray. And, 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 and uh, living in sin and evil. And unblessed. And so you regret that you didn't open your mouth. And told her to shut up and leave those girls alone. And leave, leave those children alone. And stop lying on these children. The wife see that she reverence her husband. That means the wife ought to respect her husband. That means once your husband has told you to do something, no back talk. Shut up. Shut, shut the hell up that's coming out of you. I can't believe this preacher said that. I said it. Because there's nothing but hell coming out of you. And you're keeping up mess and you're causing a mess by running off at the mouth. See? I'm not doing this because of me, because I don't have that problem. Because I, once I say, shut up, I, I've already made the decision. That's It's over with. It's over with, baby. I don't have that problem. You know why I don't have that problem? Because my dad had that problem. I learned negatively from my dad not let that happen. You don't run anything up in here. Oh, that's how, here's where the, here's where the, uh, uh, two, two of the uh, two pastors' wives are saying that sounds like abuse to me. No, it's not abuse. I'm just not going to have it like my dad had it, and like mo like your husband has it, and like uh, uh, so uh, thousands of other husbands that you have taught to sh to shut up 
and let your wife just have a way. Let the wife just have a way. That's what, that's what you pastor's wives have taught. That's what you pastors have taught because you fear Jezebel, your wife. And you got households in hell. Husbands and fathers not in church anymore. You got a church full of women controlling everything and running everything like it's been for the past 60, 70, 80 years. And that's why the church is in the ditch. Men don't want to lead. Afraid of what she's going to do. And by the way, uh, preach, you just don't understand. Uh, my wife will ruin my life and mess up my life. You don't understand. I'm afraid. I'm afraid of Jezebel. I'm afraid that she will just leave and take my house and take my car, and which costs a million dollars and everything else. Why did you put yourself in that situation when you know you got a bad wife in the first place? Who would do that? And if she would do that, you don't need her anyway. But preacher, you don't understand, I will be economically ruined because we everything is tied together and so forth and so on. Why did you put yourself in that situation? When you knew she could do that and would do it and has set you up to do it and told you to get a million dollars insurance and she didn't want to get any kind of insurance on her. I don't know. I'm not going to get any insurance. But, you, but you, you're the head of the household. You need to get a million dollars insurance and, and hand the policy over to me. You didn't get a warning from that? Mm-mm. No. no. Don't put yourself in that situation. Evidently, she's not worth that. See? And, uh... Uh, don't fear a woman like uh, some men fear Jezebel. That's a power that the American system has set up to ruin you. You, you didn't think about getting a prenup? Oh, I just loved her so much, so I didn't get a prenup. You need to get it and make sure all you men, you young men who are about something, making some money, some real money, you better get a prenup. You know why Tom Brady and his wife divorced so quickly? Because they had a rock-solid prenup. Tom Brady is not stupid. Because the system is made up for the white woman once you get a divorce, to take her stuff and your stuff too. And your children. That's how the American way is, buddy. So, if you know you're going to be making some millions, you get a prenup. She don't want to sign the prenup. Uh, you just say bye-bye. If you don't need a woman and a wife... Who does not respect you. Doesn't matter how she feels about the respect. But she needs to choose to respect you. As a man. That's the main thing you've got to have. As a man. Jack. And God wants that from you. It's called fear. Fearing God. Respecting God. Reverencing God. Now he's got to have that from you. And he will mess your life up. If you don't give him that. And he made you in his image. In your life. Needs to be doing that. See. Uh, I'm not going to have a relationship. 
with her. I'm not going to have a relationship with any of my children if they don't want to show uh, the proper respect for me as their father, my wife, uh, for me as her husband. We're just not going to have a relationship. I have the same philosophy in dealing with white folks who claim to be Christians. If you don't want to respect me just like I respect you and just like you respect other white folks, then we're not going to have a relationship. That's all. Why go through that? Trying to get people to respect you and who, who ought to respect you and appreciate you and, and, and they don't want to do it. And as the king of your household, just like the king of England and the queen, you demand respect. You tell people how to respect you. It's already in the protocols. My wife, before she speaks, she has to say, excuse me, daddy. She calls me daddy. That's what I told her to call me when we first got married. It doesn't matter to me how she feels about it. That's That's how you address me. And you just don't blurt out, sir, and say, got that? Mm-mm. That causes a problem. Say, respectfully, say, excuse me, daddy, what about this? Because so many of you, when you know what you do, you just blurt out things. And, well, I told you, you got to do it this way. This, 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 that, that right there. That right there, you're going to get the hand right there. Right there. Huh? No. No, 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 no. I don't care if I may not understand something as quick as you do, but you better respect me as you how you approach me. See, uh, eventually we're not going to have a relationship because uh, you're acting like you're ignorant. And you have to be willing to lose family members who refuse to obey God when they get grown. While raising my children in my house, they all had to approach me a certain way. My wife had to approach me a certain way. Uh, There was going to be a problem. See? And my children who are all grown now, they can do what they want to do and say what they want to do, say. But if they disrespect me, we will not have a relationship. Because I know I have done my job for my children and getting them set up for life and raising them the proper way. And I deserve that respect. And God says I deserve that honor and respect. I'll be disobedient to God to let them disrespect me. So, wives, reverence your husband. Wives, respect your husband. Do things the way you know he wants you to do them. See, the reason why you get into trouble with God, wives, is because God has given you instincts, intuition, Knowledge, understanding, uh, a conscience. Even if you're not saved, you know how to do this. And the smart women have it all because they do this. They know instinctively that that man wants respect. They know that. And if they're saved, they have the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God that tells them that. 
So you cross all of that, you're going to get into trouble with God and with your husband. It's a lot. Just the instincts alone is enough. The conscience alone. There's something on the inside of you that tells you, woman, respect your husband. Women don't do that. Respect your husband. Women don't be looking at some other man while your husband is pulling up to pick you up. Or you're in the car and you got a whorish eyes looking at another man when he's in the car driving you uh, to the restaurant. That's dumb. That has nothing to do with being saved. That's dumb and that's stupid. Don't do that. Because you're creating a problem that you may not even make it to the re restaurant. He may turn the car around on you. See? Okay? And, and, and this is a problem across the board in the country. Men don't love their wives by choice, by God's love. Women don't respect their husbands once they get married after a while by and by. And there are Jezebel pastor's wives who don't want a wife to submit to her husband. Because they don't. They don't want a wife to respect her husband. And I told my wife down through the years, if you want to go with these rebellious, stubborn, Jezebel pastors, well, you go right ahead. But you're not going to do that here with me. She may do that to her husband, but I've, not, I've never run with husbands who do that, who allow that to happen. Because I don't want my wife around that. I don't want my daughters around that. And I want to say to my mother, my sisters, my wife's mother, my wife's uh, sisters and siblings and so forth. Do not teach my daughters to be proud, stubborn, and rebellious like, the, like you all are. And uh, disrespectful of men. Therefore disrespectful of their husbands. Uh, as Marika White has tried to do in front of them for years. She never got away with it. You know why? Because once, if their husband uh, gets angry with them and uh, shoots them and uh, halfway kills them or kills them, I want you at the hospital. I want you to be at the hospital. I want you to be at the morgue because that's what you taught them uh, by your bad example. Same thing for, her, for, for their mother. You make sure you're there if something like that happens. Because I taught them to be respectful uh, to their husbands and uh, to be obedient and have the right attitude and to have the right spirit. Just because you're a woman does not give you the right to have a nasty, disrespectful attitude and spirit from hell. And that is a big part of being woke today. Disrespect. Dishonor. Nasty attitudes. And all it's going to end up being is destroying their lives. So, with that, let's pray. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
I praise you and I thank you for your holy word. I pray for all Christian marriages and families that they would obey your holy word and do it the right way for that will stop many problems. Simple obedience to your holy word. And Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of all other families that don't know your Savior, that they would come to know your Savior and do family your way. For your way is the best way. I pray that you will have mercy and grace upon all of us who name the name of Christ for Jesus Christ's sake. Please forgive us of our wicked sins and repent of our sins of disobeying your great commandment and your great commission. And Holy Father God, I pray uh, tonight, Lord, yes, for the millions who are hurting, but also for the few by name who are hurting from the coronavirus plague and other plagues that have come out of it. The plague of long continuance. We pray for a few by name. We pray for the family and friends of Oklahoma resident Renee Flora. We pray for the family and friends of Pennsylvania resident Sharon Margaret Brew. We pray for the family and friends of Pennsylvania resident Stephen Fisk Jr. We pray, Lord, for all of the prayer requests that have come in. We pray, Lord, for Marie Grace. Thank you, Danielle sending that new prayer request over. Please keep her safe, secure, and protected from bad people and gang associates. Stop these people from walking on her land and deliver her from them. Please bless her with a safe place to live. We pray for Pastor Brashebe. Thank you, Lord, for the service at uh, Corrosion Did I and for the soul saved there at Sister Josephine's funeral. Please comfort her children. Please have the gospel to pierce through the enemy's secrets and make known the truth to set God's people free. Lord, please heal Dora's knees. Please deliver Africa from drought, famine, and starvation and help them through these trying economic times. Provide them with Bibles for new souls that have gotten saved basic needs for orphans and widows, food and water, church planting and construction, and financial resources for ministry. Please provide them with electricity, vehicle insurance covers, etc. for the ministry uh, office so they can keep up your work. Please bless the National Women and Youth Conference December the 7th through the 10th. And the 14th through the 17th, please supply the money for school fees for the orphans, Nita. Uh, we pray now for Nita. Please have many people to go to her gospel outreach, get saved, and tell others about you. Please help her dog to recover 100% and have perfect, healthy, uh, uh, perfect, healthy life. And Lord, we pray for the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel, through this ministry. We pray for uh, Joe. We pray for Tinga. We pray for 
uh, Ezekiel. We pray for Jairo. We pray for Abishabah. And Holy Father God, we pray for the people who uh, have recommitted their lives to you. Help them to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith as well. We pray for Mopi, Beatrice, Ebenezer, Margaret, and Francis. We commit all of these souls into your hands as well as ours. Lord, grant us all a peaceful night of rest and sleep. Some of our friends in Africa right now uh, uh, are already watching and participating with us uh, as they are quite a few hours ahead of us as well as in Europe and uh, England in uh, other places. We give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, may God bless you and may God keep you. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow night sometime. And uh, make sure you pray without ceasing. And remember what the Marines say, simplify, always faithful. And remember what the Air Force boys say, Semper Supra, always above. Keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord, and he'll keep you in perfect peace. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow as the music plays.